welcome to the English with Kirsty podcast from www.englishwithkirsty.com. Here I'll be sharing with you tips, information and other learning resources so that you can improve your business English. I've got a guest for you today. Today I'm going to be speaking to Corinne. She's somebody that I've known for a number of years now because she's also working in the English teaching space. Um, but she's also recently started a podcast, so we'll find out a bit more about that later. Um, but I thought Corinne would be a really good person to speak to because she has some insights into working in different cultures. She's um, originally an English native speaker, but she's living and working in Germany now. So I thought, especially as we've got a number of German listeners here, that that would be really good. So hi, Corinne. Good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you? Great. Thank you. Good. Good that you're here. Yeah. Um, so maybe you could start by just telling us a bit about yourself. I've given you a quick introduction there, but you know who you are, what you're doing. Yeah. You're I, in languages. I'm a British German or German Brit, depending on whether we're talking about the Brexit or not. Hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I've been living in Germany now. I grew up in England, but I've been living in Germany for about 20 years and um we move around a lot so i wanted to be self-employed and not having to follow my husband like a puppy dog and uh, so i'm self-employed as a business english coach okay and what kind of um what kind of training do you offer are you is, is it group lessons is it online lessons is it what kind of things do you do it's increasingly online um, I must find, I must say that I prefer one-to-one -one coaching, but I do quite a work for a lot of work for Siemens and there's groups there of different sizes, but never any more than six. I don't take anything more than six. They offer it to me. But I don't yeah. take it. Um, and, um, yeah, I work a lot with, um, self-employed people you know here in Berlin I have an interesting concept where we get outdoors in the fresh air on a beautiful day like today here in Berlin that's a, a great excuse to get outside get a bit of vitamin d maybe get your skin ready for that sunshine and just getting uh, out and about just seems to help people relax and the fluency kind of comes automatically really Getting out of the fresh air, that's like doing two things at the same time, practicing your English and getting fit. So yeah, that yeah. sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Um, but you seem, you know, you have a lot of experience working um, within Germany. I'd be interested to know what kind of cultural differences you've noticed as a Brit living in Germany. You know, what are the things that really stood out to you as a bit different or something you had to get used to? Yeah, um, it, it's interesting. The Germans think that the Brits are really prudish and uptight. And um, I don't think that's the case at all. But then I'm British, aren't I? So what would I know? Um, so um, it's, it's quite interesting, really, because when I came here, I found that this kind of German tendency to keep work and and, and social life separate, very odd. Um, mm. And it took me a while to adapt to that. Uh, so he was me, you know, kind of inviting people to the pub and stuff. And they were thought that was quite weird. Um, but These English uh, people have an alcohol problem. <laughs> but, but no, it's, it's normal, isn't it? You just, you know, um, Friday evening or something, go for a, a glass of wine with your colleagues. Yeah. That's quite normal here. Oh, but my goodness, Thursday evening is very yeah, well. <laughs> after 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 work party, you know, like Thursday is the new Friday. <laughs> Even if it's, uh, you know, 
just for a couple of beers with your team, it's it's kind of bad form not to go at least the majority of the time. So yeah, that was quite different. And um, this directness sometimes catches me off guard. Um, you know, my husband is German and there's been a few instances where I've kind of completely gone off the deep end because he's uh, been super direct with me. And uh, that's quite difficult because then I will be super undirect and he won't know that I'm telling him, to, you know, I want him to support <laughs> me in some way. So we've had a few communication problems there. We're getting better. But after 20 years, there's still a, the odd situation where we find ourselves in the same situation thinking, oh, my goodness, <laughs> where's the learn curve? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard if you've got like different communication styles, but also what's it's, I think it's hard the other way around too, because one of the um, one of my former customers was talking about this and how um, in, in England it, it looks really nice on on the surface because people seem to be a bit more polite and a bit less direct. But if you don't know what they mean, if you don't know, oh, I I don't think so means actually no, absolutely not. We're not doing this. Um, that can also lead to misunderstandings if you don't know how to read between the lines when somebody's not being very direct. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what else stood out? Um, I would say uh, one of the biggest changes I had to get used to here was, um, you know how in England you just kind of drop in at somebody's hate place for a cup of tea if you're in the area? <laughs> I don't. I find that really odd. But yeah, a lot of people do. <laughs> well, you know, I'm kind of a very spontaneous person. And uh, I've kind of switched that off. You know, that that's, um, you know, there are parts of your personality that you just have to put on hold for people that know you very well. And sarcasm yeah. and uh, spontaneity. <laughs> those are the two S's that I definitely switch off until I've got to know somebody a bit better. Yeah, sarcasm can be hard in another language too, because when I'm being sarcastic, I know I kind of say it with a really straight face that I'm not like, it's not obvious that I'm joking unless somebody knows me and then people take it seriously. And yeah, you have to be really careful with that, don't you? Yes. And um, not everybody can laugh at themselves, but I do think that uh, the Brits are a little bit better at, you know, laughing at their own mistakes and, you know, thinking, oh gosh, you know, how stupid was that? You know, uh, that that's uh, a very, um, yeah, I, I never realized that until I came here. It's like a coping mechanism, isn't it? You've done something stupid and like if, even if you fall over something really kind of as simple as that. Yeah. Either you, you, you feel really stupid about it or you just laugh and, and get on with that. I think, you know, in, in other situations, like maybe at work, it's not that we don't take things seriously, but perhaps we don't take ourselves as seriously. And it's a way of dealing with the embarrassment. If everybody can laugh about it, then you can just move on. That's right. I mean, it's like if you fall over, you start laughing, don't you? Even if it hurts, you know, it, it, it's like an automatic knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's just something we do. But I guess if somebody thinks that we think it's funny, then, yeah, they, they don't know what to do with that if, if they don't see it the same way. So, yeah, it's, it's just things you have to get used to. And, and maybe you learn as much about yourself as you do about the people that you're meeting when you move into another culture and start experiencing it. You know, what we see is what's above the water, but actually there's a lot underneath the water that you have to really kind of be aware of, you know, uh, sometimes. So, yeah, it's all a case of trial and error. And, um, you know, people are often very uh, forgiving. 
but it pays to be very attentive to what's going on. You know, how are the people around me acting? How do they phrase that? Uh, how was their body language when I said that? Um, did they think that was charming or cu curiously weird? Or <laughs> you know what I mean? So you need to have a real antenna and a real, um, you know, observation skills, listening skills, and, um, you know, give yourself a little bit of time to reflect. And uh, it's very easy, I think, when you first move to another country or another culture to uh, take things very personally if they don't go, thing, go well. And, um, you know, you become a little bit paranoid sometimes, you know, you think, oh my goodness, you know, my German is so terrible that they have to now repeat themselves. And, you know, you're actually beating yourself up and, um, you know, that's, that's not actually necessary a lot of the time, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think also thinking that something is, is to do with you, for example, if, if people start speaking English, you could think, oh, is that because my, my German is so terrible, or it could be that they just really want to speak English and they finally found someone they can do that with. I think sometimes when you're so trying so hard to, to do everything right, I think it's easy to, to think things are because of you and really it could be all about the other person and nothing to do with you at all. It's just, just them wanting to you know, use that opportunity to speak English. Whereas if you're feeling a bit sensitive about your language skills, you might think it's all me. I'm terrible. I can't do it. That is absolutely of... right. That is absolutely right. I mean, when I first moved here, I, uh, you know, I used to prepare for like 20 minutes before I went to the shop or the, you know, whatever I had to do, you know, go and see the, you know, I don't know, whatever, but you know, 20 minutes preparation. Then when somebody speaks mm. to you in English, it's just like, Oh, really? <laughs> I spent all that time. Yeah. You know, you'd been practicing it in your head all the way there, you know, pronouncing the words and repeating it and making sure you're using Z and, you know, all of this. And then you get there and they just answer you in English. It's just like, it's like a slap in the face. Really. Soul destroying. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're right. It's, uh, it feels to you like a slap in the face, but for them, they're like, Oh, I can practice my English. Oh, that's nice. And they probably think that they're trying to help, you know, they are trying to be helpful. I think. Yeah, and I think that's the, the other thing, like people are generally nice, but sometimes they, they won't tell you if, if you do something that's a bit strange. Some people will, like, um, but I think sometimes people don't, partly because they want to be polite, but also because they don't realise that you don't know. That's it. You don't know what you don't know. And if you do something that is a bit strange or a bit rude, then they might not necessarily make the connection between your culture and their culture and just think, oh, well, she's a bit she's a bit odd isn't she and yeah. it may not occur to them to say actually you know most people don't do that here it's it, it comes across as a bit rude so yeah I think it is good to be observant because then you can learn for yourself the things that people may not always tell you yeah and you don't know how open somebody is going to be for feedback you know uh, I think when you're learning a language people are quite um a little bit more open about helping you improve your language skills than they are about helping you become more culturally um well adjusted let's say mm. a lot of the people that i work with are german native speakers or people from german speaking countries and they're wanting to work for um either english companies or companies that have that the main language is english um 
if you're thinking about a country that's based here in the UK, what kind of things do you think a new employee would notice coming from a, a, a German background? What things might somebody find difficult or find strange or just to need to be aware of before they start working in, a, in an English company? I think the, the the first interaction would probably be the interview, right? And uh, in an interview situation, the Brits are very good at putting you at ease. You know, they have a bit of small talk at the beginning. You know, how did you, did you find us okay? Um, you know, have you ever been to London before? You know, you know, a little bit of chit chat. You know, small talk. And you know, Germans don't really appreciate the value of small talk but uh, if you are going to make a good impression in an interview you, in the UK uh, you will certainly have to at least have I always say to my son who also struggles with this at least um, a, a to and fro three times so question answer question and then you know that's the minimum um, mm. so there will be some small talk so it's good to have something ready um, you know, to talk about there, to be ready for that kind of thing. And, you know, they will try and make you feel very comfortable. And that's how we feel that we get the most out of people, isn't it, in the UK? Um, yeah, put them at, at ease and then they'll, they won't feel so bad. But whereas actually that can actually add more to the stress if somebody's happy to talk about their experience and what they bring to the team and you want them to talk about the weather that can actually be more stressful but the intention is to, to try and help people that's right and it's only for a matter of minutes you know it, it might feel like a death penalty but it is <laughs> and um i think once you're uh, in the job um the, the difference is a you know, people are quite help, happy to help you in a British organisation, you know, so they're happy to tell you where to find things on the intranet or where to go for a bite to eat, or they might even invite you for a bite to eat. So be prepared to be invited out for a bite to eat. Um, and um, yeah, the social stuff, but also um, the dress code. <laughs> so Aww. here in the UK, um, here or there where are we <laughs> i'm in germany you're in england um but in the uk uh, there is no do and z um so how do you differentiate between the boss and the rest okay so one of the most important ways that people use to differentiate themselves is by the way that they dress so um i'm not saying that you have to be all wearing a suit it might not be that kind of working environment but the quality of the, the things that you wear and um you know the you can dress um smartly without wearing a suit you know this is a minefield for a lot of germans i think uh because they never really know how formal should i dress you know it's quite mm. i think that's quite hard and I think in that situation, it's definitely worth, you know, um, running past somebody that you know locally. And if you come from outside of England, um, then, uh, you know, uh, you can get lots of ideas on Pinterest and things like that. Uh, because I think the dress code um, is something that um, really does make a difference in the UK. Yeah, and that's also something you can do at the interview. You can, it's, it's not just about them getting information from you. You can, you know, have a look at what they're wearing at the time. And if you do get the job, you can see whether it's more of a, a casual organisation or whether you're, you're going to need to be smart, you know, have a look at what the, the interviewers are wearing. That's true. And you know what they do in the UK quite often? They'll have like, uh, there'll be people and they'll always have a suit at work. So they might be in like, 
kind of smart casual, but they'll always have like a suit hanging up somewhere so that if they do have to suddenly go out to a client or go into an interview or something that they can quickly get changed. So well, the whole um, idea of dress down Friday as well. I, I didn't know about it for the first three weeks that I worked in a company, but you know, just because you see people looking a bit more casual on a Friday, it doesn't mean that they always do that. It just it's a Friday yeah. thing, but it's helpful if somebody tells you with your It needs. is. It's it's <laughs> very it's not a black and white thing. It's quite tricky. And mm-hmm. that's what makes uh, cultural differences very difficult to get your head around when they're not very black and white. I think so because you're looking for rules, you're looking for patterns and some people do it more than others I, I tend to do it quite a lot um but but I think to all of us to some extent look for, look for patterns and think okay well I can follow this rule now that I understand how it works and if it keeps changing then it's harder to do that so yeah and I think you know you don't need to ask in the middle of your team meeting with all the, the top managers there but if, if you're not sure about something it, it does save you time and effort if you just ask find somebody that you think is kind and trustworthy and, and just ask them because then you'll know for next time that's right absolutely definitely yeah um so i think the dress code is is something you definitely need to invest a little bit of time in <laughs> getting right um and i think um you have to be prepared that the brits can be a little bit vague um they don't always tell you exactly when something has to be done because they don't want to be too bossy Uh, they don't always tell you how they want something to do you they don't want to tell you how to do everything because they feel that you should have your own style Uh, they don't want to be they tend not to be very specific which can drive the Germans crazy because in the German yeah. language, um, you can be super, super precise about exactly who, what, when, why, how. And uh, it's, you know, that's not being direct, that's being professional and it's being considerate and, you know, it, it's a time-saving thing. And I think that's very different in the two languages or the two cultures that um, there's a different perception of direct and indirect and uh, sometimes you might you might have to as a German you know kind of dig a bit deeper and say well okay when do we need this ready what's the actual deadline and when do you need it back from me you know or what exactly do you want do you you know how much of am I doing this all myself or is this is this something we're working on together or exactly yeah, uh, which um, which uh, PowerPoint presentation template is appropriate for this, or you know what what's this? You know, just ask questions if you're not getting those answers. You know, it's not that they're trying to withhold the information. It's normally a case of them, um, yeah, not being aware that they're being spongy and and you know, it, it, yeah, not very helpful really. I mean, I noticed that now that I'm here more than I did before, even though my dad is German and he used to be very kind of specific about what I wanted, what he wanted from me. And my mum would sometimes look at him as if to say, you know, she's not an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I think the other way, the other side to that is they may not be able to give you an answer straight away. They might say, Oh, let me get back to you because they might not have even thought about it. Um, Just to finish off, could you tell us a bit about your podcast then? What, what people can expect, what you do, what it's about. (laughs) Yeah, it's called Clever Together. And that's clever with a number two and then gather. And it's all about um, 
effective communication and intercultural competence in a business setting. So it's uh, an English language podcast, um, but I always have a little German intro at the beginning, or I've just started doing a little German intro at the beginning so that people know what's coming up. Is it something that I need or not? And then I jump into English. And um, some of the time I have interview guests and sometimes I do solo shows. If there's something that um, I feel very comfortable explaining about, and I've uh, been doing trainings on those before with my clients, I'm a business English trainer, but a lot of my training is more like consulting, actually, where um, they're getting a lot of intercultural training thrown in. Um, and so it's a mix between interviews and solo shows. And it's, it's, well, it should be every week. It's, it's roughly every week. <laughs> there's, there's 10 episodes so far. And uh, yeah, the plan is to uh, broadcast every Friday. And uh, yeah, I'm actually quite enjoying it now. Uh, at the beginning, it was really hard. I don't know whether you noticed that when you started a podcast at the beginning. It's, you know, you have days where you think oh why did I start this stupid podcast <laughs> but, but now I'm I'm really kind of getting into the flow and and I'm loving that I get to speak to such amazing people and um I feel that I'm learning masses you know every time I do them so yeah I I'm I'm really into that at the moment that's that's like my little baby at the moment <laughs> oh great well I'll, I'll add the link to it as well so people can come and check you out and and listen through your uh, your back catalogue see what else you've got coming up yeah because um, I've learned a few things I you know I've, I've listened to it too and I've I think some of the the, the deep dives you do on the topics are really interesting because they're interesting because they're you seem to pack a lot of information in, but I think you're, you're doing something similar to what I do with English with Kirsty and to try and keep it shorter. So it's, it's good value in terms of the information, but it's not going on for three hours, by which point you've lost half your audience. You know, I think you, you do well at being succinct, but in still packing in a lot of good information. Yeah, well, you know, with my, um, you know, I'm called bite-sized English. And the reason why I do that is because it's like Hepchenweiser English. So it's like little bursts or blasts of knowledge are just so much better than, you know, sitting with a grammar book for three hours on a Sunday. You know, it's just, you know, it's just falling asleep. It's not a lot of yeah. fun. And it's, it's not going to work. So, uh, yes, yeah, so that's very much my approach. So, um, yeah, so for the people here in Berlin and Potsdam, I'm quite often out and about with my clients walking. That's about pretty much the only, you know, face to face stuff I do apart from Siemens. Um, but for the ones that can't get to Potsdam or Berlin, then, you know, they could equally, you know, just, you know, do the same thing, just go outside and have a nice brisk walk and uh, listen to the podcast at the same time. Yeah. And there's a the group now, a brand new group. So um, feel free to come in there, Kirsty. It's um, it's a conversation group for the Clever Together podcast, which is quite nice. It's nice. Okay. It's closed so that people don't feel paranoid about making mistakes or anything. And I'm writing in German in there. So, you know, if you want some mistakes to laugh at, feel free to laugh at mine. And um, <laughs> I've got enough of my own. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that that's kind of, I'm trying to kind of, tie it all together so uh, yeah 
Oh, excellent. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been good to, to hear your experiences and to, to get your point of view on these um, intercultural issues, because I think they're really important. And sometimes we can overlook them when we're so focused on learning the language, you forget that there are there are other um, there are other parts to it. And you'll communicate better when you when you really understand where the other person's coming from and and their cultural differences perhaps it's difficult because you don't want to, to make assumptions about people but it's good to to understand some of the the general basics so that you can um try and match your communication styles or what would be appropriate for the situation oh that's very true and i i lived in finland for a year and um there was, you know, this is going back a while, so it wasn't really very easy to find information about the culture. I did find something about the language, although that wasn't particularly helpful until I got there, to be honest. But um, when I got there, um, it was very much in at the deep end. And um, But I did learn the language in about six months to a halfway decent level. And then the rest of the six months, it took me to get to a level where I could organize business English lessons and this kind of thing. Uh, but um, if I hadn't have been so keen to learn about the culture and learning the language and getting involved with people and, you know, getting, you know, integrating basically, then uh, I would have had a completely different experience there. I was there with four other Erasmus students and uh, I was the happiest. And I don't think that's a coincidence. No, you, you get back what you put in, don't you? Exactly. Well, thanks for that, Corinne. And to everyone else, have a good week and have fun learning English. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the English with Kirsty podcast. If you have any questions or comments, my email address is kirsty at englishwithkirsty.com or you can go to www.englishwithkirsty.com slash podcast where you'll find information about the individual episodes.